There once was a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through that country, and he began to feel it. He signed on with a the citizen there, who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, All these farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am, starving to death. I'm going back to my father. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him, and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants. Quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a prize-winning heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive, given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. All this time, his older son was out in the field. When the day's work was done, he came in. As he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. Calling over one of the houseboys, he asked what was going on. He told him, your brother came home. Your father has ordered a feast because he has him home safe and sound. The older brother stomped off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, Look how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. But have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then this son of yours who has thrown away your money shows up and you go all out with a feast. His father said, Son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time. And everything that is mine is yours. But this is a wonderful time, and we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead, and he's alive. He was lost, and he's found. And I'm so excited for us to jump into week two of our series entitled Prodigals. And really, this series has really been about, really all about, like, how do you get back on track uh, regardless of, of what you're facing? And one of the kind of central kind of questions that we threw up last week was, um, has there ever been something in your life that had you known what you know today, you would have acted differently? And all of us, most of us, uh, kind of raised our hand and said, yes, I've, I've been there. Uh, I thought about telling you guys another story about perhaps, you know, an area that I missed it. But you know what? I'm not today because y'all feel like y'all have enough crazy stories that y'all could kind of spread about uh, Pastor Steve. But I will tell you one about my kids. 
All right. And one of the things that I kind of mentioned to my kids, I said, hey, anytime I use you in a sermon illustration, uh, you got $10 coming. Um, <laughs> because just kind of my stage, age and stage of life, I mean, just God teaches me a lot through, through them. And uh, so this is a real brief story. This summer, uh, my Christmas baby, Sawyer, kind of comes in. He just turned 10. Again, he's one of those kids, just has a real tender heart, loves people. Uh, and so he kind of runs inside the house. Tiff, I don't know if you remember this, but he runs inside the house and he's just, he's just bawling his eyes out and he's just crying and it's, you know, somewhat kind of uncontrollably. And we're like, hey, Sawyer, what's going on? And Sawyer responds to us. And here's, again, here's kind of that situation. Like if you knew what you knew at that moment, would you have done something different? So Sawyer responds to us like, hey, dad, I picked up a bee and the bee stung me. And Tiff and I kind of sat there and said, listen to what you just said. He said, I picked up a bee on the ground, and the bee stung me. And Tiff and I kind of sat there to say, okay. And then his response was, I'll never do that again. So again, that's just one of those examples of, like, had he known what he would have, what he knew at that moment, he probably wouldn't have done that again. And that's, you know, that's kind of all of us. Like, we all have kind of a story in our life. Perhaps it was something that you bought. Um, Perhaps it was a trip that you took. Maybe it was a job that you took or uh, a relationship that you started that perhaps felt a little bit like, you know, some promise. There was some promise in it. And, you know, sometimes, you know, days or weeks or months, please don't elbow somebody next to you. Like when that happens, I saw that and I felt the tension uh, in that. Um, But but perhaps, you know, you know, sometimes the feedback that you got, you know, sometimes it's it's days or weeks or minutes. But again, if you kind of look back, you're like, hey, like had I known what I'd known, knew today, I would have done things completely different. I think that's a spot that we all find ourselves. And really the heart of this series has all been about, again, kind of understanding when we find ourselves in a situation, like what's the, what's the key to get back on track? Because for all of us, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall short. Uh, we're all going to do things that we wish we could have done differently. But one of the things that we kind of pulled, you know, kind of pulled out last week was what's most important when we find ourselves in those situations is us having a plan for how to get back on track. So that's what Jesus does in this particular story in Luke chapter 15. Uh, he kind of shows up on the scene in Luke chapter 15, verse 1, a little bit of context. Uh, his ministry is exploding. People are hearing a lot about who he is and what he's done, the miracles that he's performed. And, and as would kind of happen even in contemporary culture, the crowd that Jesus finds himself looking at, it's a diverse crowd of people from all ages, stages, walks of life, religious background. And what you find in verse 1 is that there was a group of people that were listening to Jesus, and they were called the tax collectors and the sinners. And, you know, if you were going to start a religious movement in the first century, this is not the group of people that you would choose because these are the group of people that everybody kind of knows they're off track. Like they're not where they're supposed to be. I mean, they're not doing things they should do and all these other types of things. And so the conflict that Jesus has really that happens kind of towards the end, really in verse two, is that they're these religious leaders that show up. These are the people uh, that kind of have it together. They've got perfect church attendance. They went to seminary. Like these are the folks that know the law inside out. And they essentially kind of question Jesus because his response uh, to irreligious people was not to withdraw, but was actually to create a space where they could come to know who he was and his priority. And and so what Jesus decides to do is essentially to kind of tell a story uh, which we've seen kind of illustrated just in the contemporary, like he decides to tell a story so that, the, so that really all people would know his priority number one. 
And ultimately, here's Jesus' priority number one, is the reason that God the Father sent him to the planet some 2,000 years ago was to seek and to save the lost. And also to provide a way for folks that are off track in any area of their life to be able to get back on track again. So that's what we're going to continue to dive into. Uh, here's kind of the principle that we talked a little bit about last week is that so often, and this is, you know, I'm just, I'm the type of person, like when I'm teaching something, I just, illustration just kind of helps me to come out. So like last week, this was some, uh, some pig feed and that started to stink in my office after a few days. So I decided to just, you know, I decided to replace that uh, with just some actual pigs. I mean, just some actual, they kind of make a little bit of noise. Here you go, Silas. Here you go. You can take this, bro. Here we go. All right. So uh, he caught it. Oh, man, give it up. I see you, bro. Uh, so I just decided, again, I came to my office about after three days, and I said, okay, we got to throw out the pig feet. So, so one of the things that we talked a little bit about last week was that so often where we find ourselves in life, and this was the reminder last week, is that where you are is not who you are. Is that so often in life, as you kind of think about your life, the unexpected circumstances you find yourself in, is that we all find ourselves in places that had we ridden our own story, we wouldn't have been there. Like we would not have ridden in that we had to deal with the divorce. We might not have ridden in that we had to deal with the job loss. We might not have ridden in our story that we had to deal with the health issue, but we find ourselves there. And often we find ourselves there. Here was kind of the principle of last week is that God often uses these seasons of us being in unexpected places to teach us things about himself, to grow us, to mature us for who he is calling for us to be. But this is just an unexpected place. Any area in your life was like, I didn't see this coming. And you don't have the power in your own strength to kind of get out of it. This is just an unexpected place. And so that was kind of the principle that we're going to look at. Uh, that we looked at last week. Here's the principle that I want us to look at uh, this, this morning. And here's kind of the second part. Again, as you're thinking of, and what are the steps that I need to take to make sure that I'm able to navigate the circumstances of my life where things are unexpected or happen? Here's, here's part number two, is that no matter where you're starting from, you can finish strong. So matter, no matter where you're starting from, and this is what we're going to kind of tease out today. So no matter where you're starting from, regardless of the things that you find yourself dealing with in your life, here's the principle that we're going to tease out today is that you can finish strong. But I also believe in the story that we're going to look at this morning is that there are characteristics that certain types of people have to finish strong. It's not just the thing in our lives to say we want to finish strong regardless of where we find ourselves. We've got to ask ourselves. We've got to do a little bit of work to say, are there characteristics in my life that allow me to be the type of person that finishes strong? And so in the kind of time that we have today, we're going to look at three characteristics uh, from the life of the younger brother that I believe that, that, that really entail us setting ourselves up to be in a position that regardless of where we start, we can finish strong. If that sounds good, say yes. yes. All right, here we go. So here's what we're going to start in uh, Luke chapter 15. We're going to start uh, kind of our first verses 17 uh, through 19, uh, just to start out. So here's what we're looking for. Here are the three characteristics of those who finish strong. Uh, here, here's number one, verses 17 through 19. It says, when he, again, speaking of the younger brother, when he comes to his senses, so here's what the scripture says. He says, when he comes to a sense, when he kind of awakens to the reality of where he is, here's what he says. He says, how many of my father's hired hands have food to spare? And here's what he says. And he says that here I am in this unexpected place. He's dealing with the famine. 
Uh, he, he's dealing with circumstances that, I mean, you know, had he kind of ridden his own store, like he was the one that asked for his inheritance. He was the one that wanted to go out on his own. Like he was the one that wanted to establish himself. And he says that like where I'm at today, he says, I'm here starving to death. And here's what he says in verse 18. He says, I will set out, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So he finds himself in an unexpected place, but I also believe that there's some things that we can learn here from his posture. And here's the first thing, here's the first characteristic that I want us to look at this morning is this characteristic of courage. Somebody say courage. Courage. Here's what courage is defined as. Courage is defined as strength to persevere in the face of difficulty. It's the strength to persevere in the face of difficulty. And here's how I know that the younger brother in this particular text had courage. Because, again, we're not going to turn here. If I just look at verse 13, so if I'm kind of just go back a few, uh, a few verses in the particular story, here's how I know it takes courage. Because when we started this story, as Jesus tells us, it says, not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country and squandered his wealth. Here's how I know it takes courage for the younger brother to go home because just a few verses earlier, he left. It takes courage to go back to the place that when you go back, everybody that saw you knew who you were before you went back. Anybody got it? Anybody ever been to a a high school reunion? And you walk into that high school reunion and everybody knew you before the new you. And you walk into the high school reunion, you're trying to walk a little different, talk a little different, because when you look out, you see a sea full of faces of people that knew the old you or the you that was in process, the you didn't have everything together. So it says in this particular text that it takes courage to set back. And here's what I want you all to know. Uh, Here's, I think, one of the clear implications is in our life. Um, it takes courage to admit that we've missed the mark, that we've fallen short, that we've not gotten everything together. Husbands, help me out. It takes courage to admit to your wife, hey, I messed up. Please don't poke anybody. I see the poking, all right? It takes courage because courage, it's an admission that I don't have it all together. But for you to be who God wants you to be and for you to do what God's called for you to do, you've got to embrace the courage to admit, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. I've fallen short. One of the uh, kind of examples of this, and I remember a few years back, my wife and I, we have always uh, purchased what we call thank you, Lordy cars. So thank you, Lordy cars are cars that when you get from A to B, you thank you, Lord. Thank you. We made it. We've always purchased kind of cash cars. We've never kind of been that family that kind of walks in and we get the brand new car with you know, the warranty. We're, that's just not been our story just because we, we're just not there yet. So we purchased the Thank You Lordy car and it was a 2010 you know, Honda Odyssey. Didn't run very long. And so I remember Tiff and I, we were kind of in between cars. So we decided, he said, you know, we're going to try to, we're going to, try to live like you know, maybe other people. And we said, hey, we're going to go to the Honda dealership. So we decided to go to the Honda dealership and uh, we walk in the Honda dealership and there's a a gentleman there, and you know, we see at the time, which was our dream car for our family, we see a 2019 Honda Odyssey 
Uh, It had leather seats, heated seats, power windows. And here's what actually kind of set my wife off. It had a vacuum in the back. (laughs) It had a vacuum. So for her, what she begins to see in her mind is, hey, when these kids create all this mess, like she can kind of get this, you know, this vacuum hook up and, and kind of do her thing. And so, and so I remember, again, as the head of the household, um, no, nah, I'm just joking. Y'all, okay, there's tension there. Okay. <laughs> so I just remember at a certain point, I said, hey, Tiff, I got this. Let me go into the office. I'm going to talk to the salesman. I got this. I got you. You can trust me. And so, y'all, I'm in the sales office and I'm Again, kind of sharing, hey, I think my wife really, really liked this car. This is our dream car. And y'all, here's how much I wore this brother down. I wore him down to the point where I ended up getting the car. Um, I did a five-year lease, no interest, and that was it. The five-year lease. And so I walked out thinking I had a deal. And guess what happened a month later? I got that first payment. And that first payment on that car, it was, a, it was a house note. It was a mortgage. It was a mortgage. And after getting that first mortgage payment for that car, here's what I had to do. I had to walk back in the Honda dealership. And I had to say to that same salesperson, I can't afford it. I had to take it back. And guess what? After that, here's the crazy thing. Y'all know when you... You drive a car off the lot, what happens? You immediately lose all the value. And so here was the crazy thing. I actually had to pay to give the car back. And then here's what, guess what we did? Went and bought another thank you, Lordy, car in Jesus' name. But that, but that was it. But here's the thing. I told that entire example for you all to know that for sometimes for you to be where God wants you to be, you got to admit that you made a mistake, that I messed up. I fell short because here's, I think, the temptation in our life. When we find ourselves in distant places, the temptation is just to keep doubling down. It's just to keep moving further out. It's to keep trying to kind of figure it out and solve it on our own and our own strength. But here's what the younger brother does. He says, you know what? At a certain point, he wakes up to the reality that this is not who I am. And he decides to go home. Somebody say courage. That's number one. And the greatest thing, again, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life is at times, if you're a follower of Christ, is that what the Holy Spirit will do in your life? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will just give you an awareness. You know, I'm not where I need to be, and I need to be honest with, with who I am and with God, and I need to head back in, in the right direction. Here's, no, here's number two. Let's look at Luke uh, chapter 15, verses 20 and 21. Talking again about the younger brother. It says, so the younger brother, so he got up and he went to his father. Here's what's such great news is, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. That word filled uh, means that he was bubbling over. And that word compassion, here's what I love about the word compassion. Compassion is different from empathy. Empathy is I see what you're experiencing. I identify like I'm sorry that you're sorry. You know, so if you were Atlanta Falcons fan, you'd be like, hey, I'm sorry that y'all lost Super Bowl years ago. Like I'm, I'm sorry you're not going to become a Falcons fan. You just, you see what they're experiencing, but you say, I'm not going to enter into it. I'm going to stay back. But here's what compassion is. Compassion is when you see what somebody's dealing with and, and their concrete actions on your part to enter into whatever they're dealing with. And it says here, it says that the father, when he sees his son's a long way off, he says he ran to him. So his, he's, here's the actions. He says he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. He says the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. 
But, but here's the second characteristic of those who finish strong. Is the second characteristic is commitment. Somebody say commitment. The second characteristic, here's what commitment is. Commitment means to show dedication. The, I, and I've been in South, I mean not South, I've been in Georgia for about 17 months. Uh, Georgia Bulldog fans are committed. I mean, they are committed all in. Taylor Swift fans are committed. I don't know much about Taylor Swift, but um, Swifties are committed. They are all in. What is Taylor Swift's brother's name? Anybody know? Actually, I found that out the other day. It was Brandon. Like, I know that because I was hanging out with a Swiftie. But here's what I want y'all to see. Like, like, commitment is evidenced in people's actions. And so for you, for you to finish strong, regardless of where you start, I mean, you've got to have some commitment. I heard this joke uh, one time about uh, four birds that are on just kind of a wire, four birds that are on a wire, and one of the birds decides to fly away. So you've got four birds on a wire, one of, one of the birds decides to fly away, and here's the question, is how many birds are on the wire? How many birds are on the wire? Three, right? Y'all said three? Wrong. It's four. Because one of the birds just decided to fly away. Y'all got it? All right. So, so here's what we're talking about commitment. Here's what I want y'all to understand is those who desire to finish strong, it's evidence in their actions. Those who desire to finish strong, it's not just something that they think about. It's not just something that they meditate on. Those who desire to finish strong, they're actually actions in their life that evidence that their desire is to move from where they are to where they need to be. Commitment. Courage. Commitment. Let's look at the third characteristic. Verse 22 through 24. It says, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf. Y'all, they about to throw down. There's about to be some meat that is about to be thrown all over the place. It says, it says, it says bring the fatted calf and kill it. It says, let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine who was far, was dead, and is alive. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So they began to celebrate. Here's the third characteristic of those that desire to, uh, to uh, finish strong. It's confidence. Somebody say confidence. confidence. Here's what confidence is described as. Confidence is described as a person's trust in themselves and their ability to succeed. So when you've got confidence, generally it's in your ability to have it together, to make it happen, um, to show your competency, to demonstrate that you have the particular skill set to make whatever you're connected to happen. That's what confidence is. Here's what I want us to kind of think about this morning. When we kind of think about where the younger brother is in verse 22, excuse me, in verse, verse 24, the, the younger brother has moved. And this is one of the things that I was kind of wrestling with this week. Like he's moved in just a few verses uh, from the pig pen, and I took this illustration this morning. Y'all know we're in group season, and so one of the things you guys got a couple of weeks ago. But this, this just represents a party. This represents a party. So, so just in a few verses, 
we've kind of moved from the younger brother of a place of just trying to discern his next steps, dealing with the distant place, to a place where there's just a party going on. There's music playing. People are excited. People that knew that he had issues and challenges and, 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 and knew in some sense the duplicity of his life, but now everybody's partying. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's excited. And here's the question that I'm going to ask. It's what, what took place from here to here? Like, what's the difference? What took place from here to here? And here, here's, what I, here's what I believe took place. The confidence here that the younger brother has to party, to turn up, to celebrate. Here's what it is. It's not based on who the younger brother is. It's based on the gift the younger brother has received. That's the only difference. So here's what I want you to understand. If you're not a Christian here and perhaps you want to kind of understand, like, what is Christianity all about? Like, what's the heart of this? Here's what I want you to understand. I'm going to read this directly from my notes. It says, when you repent of your sin and place your faith in Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. Here's what takes place. Christ takes your sin and you receive his righteousness. As a result, you can be forgiven, restored, accepted. You don't have to fear going back, on home, going back home or getting back on track, no matter what you've done or how many times you've done it. The difference between the pig pen, y'all, and the party is grace. The difference between the pig pen, y'all, and the party is grace. And so here's what I want you to get. Sometimes, I'm getting, too, I'm getting excited, all right? <laughs> You've got to sometimes realize in your life, here's how good the gospel is. Here's how good the gospel is. The gospel is so good that Jesus, when God sees you, he doesn't see what you've done. He doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see your mess ups. When God sees you, he sees Jesus. And so that allows you to be here, though you're still dealing with stuff, though you still got issues and challenges and mistakes and fears that you make, and you're partying, but you still got stuff in your life that you're walking through. That's the good news of the gospel. It's this great exchange that takes place. Here's what I want you all to understand this morning is that no matter where you're starting from right now, you can finish strong because of Jesus, because of what he's done, because of, 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 of the gifts that he's given you. And your ability to, to finish strong has nothing to do with you. It has all to do with what God has done for you and the invitation that you've received based on your connection and your relationship to him. No matter where you are starting from, you can finish strong. Here's just a couple of applications as we kind of land the plane this morning. Again, here's kind of the thing that we're going to kind of think about, like, you know, so how do we kind of practically live this out in our neighborhoods, in our jobs, in our relationships? I got kind of three things uh, for you uh, this morning. Here, here's number one. I want to encourage you to set your goals. I want to encourage you to set your goals. I want to make sure that you have some goals relationally, professionally, financially, and spiritually. And here's the most important thing for us to consider this morning. Uh, do the goals that you have in those particular areas, are there action steps that are connected with them? The goals that you have, 
Man, if, if, if your desire uh, is to see God use you, if your desire is to be in a place where God is using your, your experiences to, to bless others, then the question we have to consider is, is do we have action steps that are attached to it? Here's just a few examples. If I'm in, perhaps in a season where I'm feeling distant from God, uh, man, do, I, do I have a group of people that I'm connected to that actually allows me um, to be encouraged in those particular seasons? Here, here's number two. If, if I'm struggling about my own purpose, man, do I have a place to serve where, where the Lord is able to use my gifts and my experiences to help some, move somebody forward? If, I'm, if my desire is for financial stability, uh, here's the question that I want to ask. is like, have I committed uh, to give generously as, as an evidence of my trust in God that he's the one that manages my finances? Like, if, if my desire is to see my friends come to Christ, and here's the question I want to ask is, is have I committed to live a come and see life? Where I certainly, as we're saying to people that we're connected, is like, we're not perfect. But, but again, I want to invite you to come and see what's so important about my faith. So the first thing is set your goals. Here's number two, is I want to encourage you to show gratitude. I want to encourage you to show gratitude. One of the things which is so uh, kind of apparent and interesting in this particular story is is that the younger brother receives compassion. And what would be so odd for the younger brother to receive something that he didn't deserve is that if he didn't at the same time extend compassion. So as you think about your life this week, just kind of practically this week, here's a question I want you to consider. Like, who are the people that are supporting you to be where you are and who've helped you to get where you are? And here's just a question this week. Have you shown support to them? Uh, have you, do they know the value that, that they bring to your life? So I just want to encourage you this week, perhaps man, it's just some focused attention in your life. Maybe it's a, a, a note that you write to somebody. Perhaps it's a phone call. Uh, if you really like them, you can get them one of those new Apple Vision Pros and just kind of send it to them just to let them know that you're thinking of them. But, but again, as those of us who've received compassion, we want our lives to be marked by compassion. We want our lives to be marked by those who have a desire to be a blessing to other people. And here, here's number three, um, is that I want to encourage us to serve others, to use your gifts, your experiences, your gifts and your experiences to help people to move forward. One of the things that I thought a little bit about is um, at our first service is realizing that in our life, I mean, our lives are all complex. It, it, it's Often in our lives, it's not one or the other. I mean, there, there are seasons in my life where this is just kind of where I find myself. Just kind of wonder, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this season? There are also seasons in my life where I kind of find myself, I find, you know, God answering a prayer. I find that something uh, that I was really, really struggling with, God brings some resolution. But honestly, honestly when you kind of think of life, just based on the complexity of life, I think we all kind of find ourselves moving back and forth in this situation. Here's one of the things I want us to consider as you kind of think about serving others is that so often in your life, and this is something that we can miss, is that your movement between these two places is often what God desires for you to use to be a blessing to other people. I had a seminary professor that one day said, you know, I remember he said to me kind of back in the day, he said that often your mess becomes your ministry. Like whatever, whatever those things that kind of have you moving between two places, for some of you all, you've been through too much to forget or to not communicate the lessons that God has taught you in between these two places. But so often in your life, like, like the people that he's put you in connection with, I, I just want to encourage you to, to leverage those lessons to help somebody to be 
who God has called them uh, to be. And I believe that if we walk in that, I mean, there'll, there'll never be a season of life that we find ourselves in. There'll never be a season of life that we find ourselves in where we don't find ourselves having this ability uh, to, be, to be fruitful. And, uh, and so with that, um, I'm looking forward to picking up uh, back here next week with part three. Uh, just a reminder that no matter where you are starting from right now, you can finish strong. Uh, and I would love an opportunity to pray for us uh, right now. And also want to extend an invitation, perhaps, if you're in here the first time uh, or in a long time, if you've never had an opportunity to say yes to Christ, I would love to lead you in a brief prayer. Um, but again, right now, let's, uh, let's pray together. Our God and our Father, we thank you uh, for this amazing reminder um, that we can always come home again because our righteousness is not based on what we've done. It's based on who you are and what your son has done for us. And I pray uh, the, the truth of that message would resonate with the folks here who have a relationship with Jesus, who are committed uh, to following him, that we realize that when we find ourselves in these distant places, that you are using them to grow us, to mature us, to shape us who you are, who you desire for us to be. But then secondly, there's this reminder for those of us that are, feel like we're kind of stuck in that distant place, that, that we can finish strong, that it's not too late. Uh, And if you're here today under the sound of my voice and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, here's what I want you to know very clearly is that Jesus lived the life that you could not live. He died the death that you deserve, that God sent him to demonstrate his love for you. And one of the things that we see in this particular story that what, what unleashes the compassion of the father is a single repentant step by the son. And so if you're in here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, here's what I want you to just pray in the quietness of your own heart. Just say this aloud to God in faith. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I desire that you would be my savior. I don't know what, uh, what that entails, but I'm placing my faith in you. And I'm asking that you would save me. I'm praying that you would send your spirit to live inside of me. And today at this moment, by faith, I'm a new creation. And if you prayed that prayer, here's what we'd love to do. We'd love for you to talk with somebody in our guest services team, talk to another Christian and let them know about the decision that you made or after service. We would love to have an opportunity to help you to take some, some next steps. And so, Lord, we just thank you. We give you praise and honor for who you are and all that you've done. Lord, we thank you for the reminder that no matter how far away we are, we can come home again. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.